For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. Nice to have you for an awesome episode with someone who I have wanted to have on a full episode of the podcast for years now. We got Mr. Derek Sanders of Mayday Parade on the program. What a guy, what a band. This is great, and I say I wanted to get him on a full episode because roughly five years ago, I did a mini episode with him and a few other people about Warp Tour, and obviously, that's a long time ago now. Warp Tour has not even been a thing for a few years, so it was really great to catch up with him and you know get his backstory and hear about what they're doing now and everything else, and this is an awesome episode with Derek from Mayday Parade. In other news with me, we are gearing up for this Saturday's Out of This World virtual concert series kickoff with Silverstein. We're doing the next three Saturdays doing Greatest Hits, Discovering the Waterfront in Full, and an acoustic set. It's going to be awesome. Get your tickets over at SilversteinStore.com. I'm also doing tons of stuff these days on Twitch. I am a Twitch partner now, which is super exciting too, doing so many podcasts like this one actually. It appeared on Twitch originally, so if you want to see some stuff live, if you want to see some of what we do here on video, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash Told and follow me. And if you like it, throw me a sub. If you want to help out the show a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, then check out the All Access Club. That gets you in for as little as $6 a month with Great community, all kinds of bonus episodes, bonus content, more access to me, more access to other fans of the show, and merchandise, and all that good stuff too. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And if you want to email me, that's completely free. Feel free to send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I try to get back to everyone, and I'm doing a better job right now because... As I've mentioned the last few weeks, Ontario, where I live, full-on lockdown. Everything is closed. We got snow everywhere. It's really cold and, you know, just trying to get through it, quite honestly. But uh, emails are appreciated. I love to hear from you guys, whether it's praise or suggestions for upcoming guests or you got tips, advice. I'm all ears, so hit me up. I love it. And speaking of Twitch... Every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am doing a live podcast right there 
on that platform with some great guests. These are the next four weeks. We got Kyle from Brand of Sacrifice, John of Switchfoot, John from The Main, and Andy Sizik. Really, really good stuff, and that's going to be ongoing. So, yes, once again, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Follow me. You don't want to miss these. And, yes, they will be here on the podcast feed, but they're up there. They're live. They're uncensored. They're unedited. They're very cool. You get to visual component, which is really cool as well. So, yes, check that out. Do not miss it. And some other guests will be coming every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is the plan. All right, well, let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Derek Sanders of Mayday Parade. This is sweet, man. It's been like five years since I talked to you. That's, that's right. I was actually I was wondering when how far back that was, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I I know it's it's wild. Like I I remember we did we didn't even do a full podcast. We did like a weird warp tour one that they tried to uh, kind of get me to do. So we only talked for like twenty minutes. It was pretty much just about like you know warp tour history and stuff. And it's funny right. now warp tour is history. Uh, right. So yeah, man. Uh, how you been? I've been well. Um, it's been, you know, a crazy last year, but um, but I've been good, man. It's been, it's actually like, you know, in the past uh, 15 years, you know, this is the longest I've, I've been home, you know, and, and so right. it's, it's it, that's kind of, I guess, the silver lining is that, and as much as I'd love to, you know, I, I miss being out on the road and I, and I want to do that, um, it has been nice to kind of like take a step back and really be able to focus on, you know, home stuff, house projects and all that and being right. with my family. And, um, so it's been, you know, it's been a little bit of good and bad. How about you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of the same thing, you know, I feel like it's funny cause Mayday Parade and, and Silverstein, we don't exactly play, you know, the same type of music and we don't travel in exactly the same circles, obviously tons of mutual friends, but, um, a lot of similarities, you know, like both road dogs been at it for, you know, over 15 years, kind of without stopping. And right. yeah. And now it's like, kind of like, you know, my life's come to a screeching halt to where there's some benefits of it, you know, like kind of for the first time in my life, like, Hey, yeah. Like, you know, I, I wish there was something going on. Like I'd love to coach a base, like a kid's baseball team or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I have time for that. Finally, if you could see behind my camera, I've renovated half my basement. Now I've got the other half to do, you know, and, and those are the kinds of projects that I've been able to, 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 to do this year or in the last whole year, geez. And, uh, which has been really great. Yeah. So, yes. I feel like I never have time for, I always like start something and then, you know, I'm in the middle of it and then I leave for a month or two yep. and it's really, it's really hard to, or, you know, or I'll, I'll want to start a project, but I know that I'm about to leave in a week or two and I'm like, I can't, you know, so, um, that's tough. The, the, the basement looks great, man. It's looking great. I, I, I need some more lights in here. I think I'm, uh, <laughs> Oh, I, um, I actually but, forgot to set up my light. I have decent like lighting in here that I, that I've installed, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty proud of my little, my little background wall. I took, yeah. um, I took a bunch. It's, it's not, they're, they're not like real posters. I just printed them off the internet. <laughs> but each each um each poster has some kind of story behind it, you know, like either a show that I went to, like I found a bunch of old like local punk shows or just some some of like my favorite bands over the years and and I printed them off and I modge-podged it to the wall and uh yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. So, I don't know. These are the kinds of projects that I just never would have done if it wasn't for for the quarantine. So that's that's kind of the, the right. way you got to look at it, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, with you guys, you know, I looked at your, your tour, uh, history, you guys, you didn't play any shows in 2020 at all. 
you know, other right. than other than, you know, live stream kind of stuff like you, you guys haven't been out since November of 2019, which, man, you must be you must be missing it. Yeah, it's crazy. And of course, you know, we had no way of knowing uh, that that last show of 2019 was going to be the last one for such a long time. We had tours that were booked that were pushed back and then canceled. And um, luckily, I did a I did a short I, I put out like a solo EP um, yeah. in February of last year. And so I did some shows around that. So at least I was right. able to, um, you know, do something, uh, th- this, that whole year, but yeah, I mean, that's never happened, but we've never gone an entire year without playing a show. And so, wow. and, and it's just, you know, and, it, and who knows when, you know, it's kind of hard to know what to expect, but I'm, I'm, I wanted to be optimistic, but I'm, I, you know, the further we get into this, I, I just don't know, you know, even this year, if, if we're going to be able to, get back at you know maybe in the fall but um it's just it's crazy right i mean i don't know i know like i saw you guys too were scheduled to go on tour i think it was with like point north uh opening a mm-hmm. uh, great new band and um you know uh, i just saw like it we, it's the same as us you you set the date for oh i don't know in a few months it'll be fine and then nope right. and then you set another date and like I don't know when you guys, if you guys have rescheduled or just canceled altogether, we've kind of kept rescheduling and now our tour is, is planned, uh, is, is slated for November. So right. almost a whole year, but like at this point, who knows? Right. Exactly. Yeah. We ended up having to just cancel that tour. I mean, I hope that, it, that we're able to make it happen. Cause I like that band a lot and grayscale is on a, that tour as well. And those are great guys. And so, yeah. um, I was really looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, who knows? But uh, I, I, I'm, I hope that this year live music can happen again in some capacity, and we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, I know, I know. It's funny though the solo EP, like it's such a pandemic project, but it happened before right. the pandemic. <laughs> I thought that that was kind of funny. It's like you're ahead of the game for better or for worse, uh- <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I just you know I'm I, I I've for like years I've wanted to do something like that. And I'm just the worst at like actually making those things happen. And I recorded most of that EP like a couple of years before it even came, like two years before it came out. And I, I actually have another EP uh, cause that, that EP is all covers. And yeah. I have another EP that's all just original songs that again, I think now, I think it was January of 2019, I guess. So, so two years ago, that I recorded and I still haven't put it out. And I just, you know, time just flies by, man. And I'm, I'm not good at like taking initiative and just like getting it done, you know? No, I'm not either. I put out a solo EP, I think it's back in 2016. And it was the same thing. I recorded those, those songs like years before and then finally right. put them out. And then I was like, okay, now I'll put it a full length. It's been five years and I haven't done that yet, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah. yeah, there's, there's like a lot going on. I mean, that's, that's the way it is for, you know, bands like Mayday Parade and Silverstein who are just constantly working on that. And, you know, people might think that <laughs> like, it's, oh, you're not on tour or like, you're not in my visible space. So, you know, you're just sitting around. It's not the case. Like I, I every day I'm, I'm doing something, you know, um, involving the band. So it's, it's, it's still busy even in pandemic times. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, we're going into the studio actually, uh, Thursday, day, day after tomorrow, I'm driving up to Atlanta and, um, we're going into the studio to finish up a full length. And yep. so that's been, you know, I, I kind of have a ton going on just in general, um, with my home life. And then also kind of getting ready for that has been, um, it's been great, you know, as much as like, you'd think I, I have a lot of downtime. It's been like the busiest, you know, yeah. six months of, of my life, I feel like recently. It's been just totally bonkers. I know, it's but weird. I, me, me too. I think part of it is because I've just kind of been saying yes to everything. Like that right. was, the, it was like that movie with Jim Carrey, Yes Man. Like literally at the beginning of pandemic, I was like, yes, yes, sure. Like, you want me to do a birthday shout out video? Yeah, sure. Like I'll do 50 of those. Like write out some lyrics. Sure. Like, and then I'm like, damn, this all takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. So, but it's been fine, you know, and I've learned a lot and, and uh, experienced a lot. Um, but before we talk about, you know, your, your new record, and that's really, really exciting. Uh, I know, I know a little bit about that, but I want to ask you about this EP before we step away from it. You know, I see the covers that you did, um, uh, Juliana theory. I actually just had Brett on the show last week. I saw that. That's uh, so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's the best man. He was, he was super, super forthcoming. Uh, Jimmy world, of course, saves the day. 
uh, Goodbye Love, a band I'm actually not very familiar with, and um, Something Corporate as well. Those covers, and how did you decide to do those? Are those just really big influences of yours? Because, um, you know, that's it, it is kind of of a time, you know, all those bands sort of around the early 2000s or late 90s, you know, all those songs kind of came out around the same um, same time. Right. Yeah. So it, it pretty much was, that was kind of the idea um, was, I guess it's like songs from when I was in high school, I was in high school, 2000 to 2004. Um, okay. And those were all songs and, and bands that just meant a lot to me at that time. And, and, and bands that kind of, um, you know, opened this, this door kind of for me and, and, and pulled me into the, you know, emo or punk rock or, or whatever kind of, kind of world. Um, I'd been playing in bands and playing music since I was 12. Um, and, you know, we played a lot of, you know, 90s rock, um, like 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 radio rock kind of stuff, Metallica and Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers and, you know, like covers and, and things like that. And then, um, so in high school, when I first started getting into like the Juliana Theory and Saves the Day and New Found Glory and Jimmy World and all that, um, it really just kind of, uh, you know, uh, brought me into this world. And then, of course, I, the, the music I started making um turned that uh corner as well and that's kind of been yeah. the direction i've gone ever since and so it's just you know songs that, that meant a lot to me and also i i kind of tried out you know many di- you know over, over a dozen different songs that I, I wanted them to they had to be songs that worked well you know stripped down and acoustic there were a lot of songs are like i want to do this song but it just didn't really there's some like long you know bridge part that was hard to tra- translate into you know an acoustic vibe or, or whatever you know it just kind of so songs that i loved and songs that just kind of worked well in that medium and um yeah it was, it was fun so you talk about high school like I'm, I'm a little bit older than you i graduated in 2000 um you mm-hmm. know up here in canada and you know i found when i went to high school you know i played basketball and there wasn't really like this jocks punk skateboarder like there wasn't like really the cliques like we were all kind of a lot of us just kind of did whatever and it was you know it was pretty cool but i imagine you know once you know you're in the early 2000s and like the term emo started coming into it and the fashion got outlandish and the skinny jeans like that didn't really happen i I missed that generation a little bit you know i was literally on the road then so um what was it like for you in high school like I just remember, you know, flashback to listening to these bands and, and, you know, where did you kind of fit in? Yeah, well, um, I was always kind of a loser. Um, and I, <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, um, especially in middle, middle school was the, was the toughest for me. Middle school was really, um, like I, you know, nothing like extreme, but you know, I was, I was bullied and made fun of, and I just didn't have a lot of confidence and, um, and, uh, and, and ninth grade, you know, high school, I really, yeah, I, I kind of made a lot of friends through music and, and going to shows and, uh, going to work tour for the first time and kind of like understanding that there were all these people that were, you know, kind of like me, I guess, in some ways. And, and, um, yeah, it was the beginning of like, yeah, emo was not like a mainstream term by any means like it is now. And, um, back then, you know, it was, it was the beginning of the skinny jeans trend, but you couldn't buy uh, guy skinny jeans. We'd right. have to go buy girl uh, <laughs> yeah. jeans for yeah. like a, girl, a girlfriend. I'd borrow her totally. pants, you know. And, so true. Um, yeah. And I would, yeah, I'd paint my my nails and my 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 toenails. And I remember people would just be like, "What is wrong with this kid?" You know. But there were like, you know, there were those of us that was like at lunch, you know, out in the courtyard. That's where all of the there were like, you know, 15 or 20 of these like kind of alternative, whatever, like into like music kind of kids. And we all hung out and were friends and went to shows together. And um, it was really cool to to have that and really just, you know, helped me so much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had an awesome flashback of when uh, Silverstein, we made our video for Smashing the Pieces, which from our first album. And we totally right. went to the gap to the girl side. And, and right. bought the girl, you know, you had to buy the girl's jeans because the, the guy's jeans just weren't tight enough. And then I, I, don't, sure. I don't remember. I think it was like, I think it was Hot Topic. They sold some weird like rude brand. And that was like the primitive, you know, men's skinny jeans before. I think then it was like diesel. You could get like kind of skinny jeans. And, and then, of course, like it became a thing. But that's well, super yeah. funny. I like kind of forgot that. Yeah, I full on wore girl's jeans for like a good five years there. 
Right. And, and asking, you'd go to, you'd go to a place and you'd ask someone to try them on and they'd look at you like you were crazy, you know, and, but you had to just, you had to try them on to make sure, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. A loser in middle school. That's, that's, I hope some, I hope someone clipped that. That's, right. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, funny. for sure. Yeah. It's funny. No, man. Uh, I, th- I feel like you're right though. Middle school is that is, is a brutal time. First of all, it's a smaller group of people you know, and just, I think kids are just awful at that age, you right. know, and it's like maybe hard, a little bit harder to find your group of friends if you're into stuff that isn't as mainstream, you know, like, like music or punk rock or playing guitar or whatever. Um, when did you, when did you start playing guitar? Yeah. Um, actually I was pretty young. I guess I was uh, 10 years old. I was, in, I was in fifth grade. Um, I have, a, I have a brother who's four years older than me and he, um, started playing guitar and, and started a band with some friends. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and so I asked for an acoustic guitar for Christmas and got that when I was in uh, fifth grade, um, started playing. And then that was kind of like, then I was like, I have to find friend. Like I wanted to start a band like my brother. And so especially in sixth grade, I was trying to, and I and eventually did find a, a buddy of mine named Ben who played drums and that was kind of the, I'd go to his house and we'd play in his garage. And, um, that was kind of the, the start of, of all that, but that was, um, yeah, like a huge thing. And, and for me, what, it, you know, just kind of going back to the, what was so difficult about it, especially in sixth grade was that nobody told me like, and it's, I had two older brothers and nobody told me like, Hey, like from fifth grade to sixth grade is like a whole different world. Like in fifth grade, I'd wear like, a pink shirt with like dinosaurs on it and like <laughs> short, like purple. Like it didn't matter. I didn't think I never was like, and then I started wearing, I was wearing that in sixth grade and all these kids are making fun. I'm wearing like short shorts and just like, you know, and everybody was just like brute and people that were friends of mine before were like, we can't be friends with Derek anymore. Cause he's such a loser, you know? So like, it was like, yeah, yeah it was just, it was brutal. And then, um, <laughs> but you know, music, I feel like is what, um, you know, I, I focused on, and then in, in, uh, when I was in eighth grade, um, you know, we were, had the, the band going and then it kind of became like, kind of cool. Like some people were like, wow, like these guys are, we play like the school events and play like friends, birthday parties and things like that. And, um, and pe- some, some people thought it was kind of cool. And so that kind of was my saving grace, I guess. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is the lead singer syndrome podcast were you a singer in these days? Like I know so many people that come on the show, they kind of say, ah, it's just like a guitar player didn't care, but I was the only kind of person of my friends that could carry a tune. Um, of course, you know, you get, got into singing a little bit later in Mayday Parade, but, uh, you know, talk to me about that, how your kind of foray into being the front man came about. Right. Um, well, yeah, I did always. Uh, so in the first bands that I was in, I, I played guitar and sang and, it's kind of like you said, it was, it was basically just like, you know, uh, out of the group of us I had, you know, and I, I, I feel like I never was a, a great, I, I'm, I'm still not a great singer, but I feel like I've, I've made a lot of progress and I've got to where I, um, you know, a lot more comfortable, but even at the start of Mayday Parade, I, I was not a, a very good singer and, and it was very hit or miss. I always struggled with like some days I felt like I was great and some days it was just like terrible, you know, and um, at least, so I feel like now I've at least got more kind of consistent with, with, with being decent with it. Um, but yeah, you know, when I first started playing, a lot of it was like learning these songs and then like, I just, you know, sing them as well. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of, you know, it just kind of was somebody had to, to sing. And so I just did it. Um, and then, uh, eventually I was, you know, now here we are. <laughs> that's funny. I, I love, I love that. Like every, you know, I've done 250 of these podcasts and and nobody ever comes on here and is like, yeah, I'm an awesome singer. Like you're right. an awesome, Derek, you're really good, man. You're really good. And you're still like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just funny. That's the thing. Like singing is so, it's so hard. Everyone's so critical of their own voice, you know? Right. Cause it's such a unique thing, you know, um, um, singing, like everyone sounds different and most people are like, I don't know. I just, I guess I can kind of hit the notes or whatever, but you know, I feel like, you get where you are having a little bit of, of that, you know, if you're, if you're super like, I'm amazing, I'm amazing. Like those people end up kind of like not getting to the top somehow. Um, right, of yeah. course there's exceptions like, you know, 
But uh, I don't know. It's really interesting that you have that kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know the word for it, but you're, you know, you kind of manage your own expectations a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think so much of it is just doing it every day. You know I mean? Like when, if I have people that ask me for like, you know, vocal tips or advice or lessons, I'm always just like, just sing every day, just sing every day. And if you do that for years, like I think that, you know, so Brooks, guitar player in in May Parade, um, we we met when I was uh, 12, we were in seventh grade when we met and we started a band together. We've played in uh, every single band that I've ever been in. Brooks has been in as well. Um, it's been you know, many, many different bands, but you know, I feel like if Brooks had decided to sing back in 12th grade, you know, when we were 12, right. um, then he'd be, you know, a phenomenal, you know, it's, I feel like it's just getting to know your voice and just, just doing it every day and, and you'll, you know, cover a lot of ground for sure. No, no, hundred, hundred percent. Um, it, it is interesting, but there's also this thing when your kids, like I always think of sports, how you know, I don't know if you played any sports at all, but like I played baseball when I was a kid and there was always that one kid on the team. He was like the best at pitching, the best at catching, the best at hitting, the best at running. Like, you know, there's just all that. And there's always those people too in music and they inevitably have to kind of pick an instrument and then they end up excelling at it. But like, you're always like, Hey man, if you, if you put all your time into singing instead of drums, think about how good you could be at singing. Right. It's, it, it is, it is kind of a funny thing like that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, just with the sports, I played baseball for a little bit, but I have no athletic talent, um, <laughs> unfortunately. And, and, uh, so I just kind of hated that, but That's all good. yeah. That's all good. <laughs> so you're, you're going up to Atlanta to record some new jams yeah. and, you know, looking at the discography, you guys have been very consistent. You know, you guys putting out records all on the even years, except, uh, your last record in 2018, a little late. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, you look at that, you got to figure, hey, were you guys planning on putting a record out in 2020? I know there was an EP that came out. It kind of seemed like you're ready for that. But now that you're saying you're going in the studio, like, is this kind of like you have a record mostly done and now you're adding to it? Or or what's the story there? You know, whatever you can talk about. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess we kind of approached um, this, uh, you know, album differently. We, we weren't even sure what we were going to do. We finished our last album, Sunny Land, put it out, like you said, 2018. Um, and then, let's see, we went back into the studio uh, late 2019, I believe. Um, and we weren't sure what we were even doing necessarily. Um, we just went for a few weeks to record some songs. Um, we recorded a Christmas song that we put out. And oh, yeah. then and then we kind of, we, you know, it was just kind of, let's record some music and, and, and we'll do whatever makes sense with it. And then we did that again, um, March of, of 2020, we actually went into the studio right as the pandemic kind of broke, you know, open and started going wild. It was kind of a crazy time. Um, and recorded a few more songs and it's been kind of just, you know, at that point, you know, when we kind of had to cancel all of our plans for 2020, we thought, well, you know, we wish we had a full length finished right now and ready to go, but we don't, but we feel like there's so many things that we can't do right now, but we do have some of these songs recorded. So that's why we decided to put out the EP, but we do have, let's see, I guess four or five other songs finished now. So I guess this is going in to record another, you know, eight songs or whatever. Um, and, and finish that up. It's weird. I don't know why we kind of decided to, to, you know, change it up. Typically we would go in like all at once and, and record a, a, a full length album. Um, and, uh, we just, I don't know, I guess we just kind of decided to, to do it. We, you know, things have changed so much. We had, we had kind of looked at the, should we just be like putting out singles like some bands are doing? I think we've kind of shied away from that idea. Now I think we are more of like an album, uh, band. Um, yeah. but I think we were just kind of throwing around some different ideas and just sort of brainstorming something new, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think when you're from a certain era, you know, and you guys have obviously been a band for 15 years, you know, and you put out records, the kind of old school way, there's definitely a lot of fans that they're excited for that new Mayday Parade record to, you know, put on the shelf, uh, right. beside the other ones. And that's kind of going to get you the most sort of attention, I think, than just dropping a single, even though, a lot of younger bands, they're doing that. And I think that that's fine for them because that's what they've always done. Right. And right. for us, I think it's, it's, you still have to put out albums 
and um, I'm excited. I, I think this is going to be great. I think I think maybe that you know setting it up a little bit differently in the recording process maybe that gives you guys a little more of a chance to focus on the songs individually rather than you know how how much it can be when you're in the studio and you're recording like 12 to 15 songs for a full length and it's just overwhelming especially right. when you look at I don't know how you guys write I don't know how you guys record but I know for me when I look at it and I'm like oh my god there's just so many vocals to record there's so many words there's so many verses there's so many bridges you know and it, it can be right. overwhelming yeah you can, you can get kind of burned out um yeah. It, yeah for sure it can be just kind of like an overload um and it all kind of starts to run together and you start to go like the question like is this even good like it can it can really uh like play like mind games on you I feel like but um yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to go in. And it's it's kind of one thing that's been nice about breaking it up is also that, like, um, you know, I feel like it's really sort of like the, you know, the cream of the crops. Like, the, like these are, like, kind of clearly the best songs. It's not like right. when you got to go in and record a bunch, there's, like, kind of the clear everyone loves these. And then it's a little bit of, like, a, you know, kind of trying to pull it together for those last, you know, four or five or six or whatever. Right. Um, so this way it's kind of like, the songs that kind of stand out each time we go in, um, you know, maybe that'll be a, a better end result. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. I mean, every band's different. I, I know bands that go into the studio with like practically nothing. Right. Um, and like, or at least they just have instrumentals. They do all the vocals, lyrics, everything in the studio. Um, I've, we've done both ways. How, how would you say your band is for that? Do you guys go in with, with things pretty well demoed? Do you kind of have all your vocal melodies and, and lyrics written? Is that kind of the important part or do you just go in with the, some of the skeletons of the songs and, and see, or, or does it depend? Yeah, it's been a little bit of both. It's definitely become much more of the, you know, we know pretty clearly everything's demoed out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess a lot of that's just kind of by virtue that we now all are able to, to demo, you know, like, like have decent, you know, back, you know, 12 years ago or 15 years ago when we were starting, <laughs> it was like, you know, just playing a song on acoustic guitar or, or whatever, you know, it was, it was a oh, whole yeah. different. Um, and there was a lot of these songs that were not, they were nowhere near finished. It was just kind of a, you know, skeleton of a song. And um, it's kind of, you know, it's difficult to say, like, I kind of miss some of that, you know what I mean? I, I do kind of miss, it's also, we all are spread out now. We're all, there's not a single one of us that lives in the same city as another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we can't like get together and, and jam. And that's one thing I really do miss as well is that when we're, you know, the first couple albums, uh, when it was like writing time, it was like months of us getting together every day and, and, you know, this is an idea I have and we jam it together and we work on it. And, and now it's like, this is my demo. What do you think? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's just such a, a completely different process. And, um, you know, I guess like if I had to, to pick, I'd, I'd take a little bit of both, you know, it, it is, it is nice. I, I love the freedom to like, instead of me being like, this is the idea I have. And it's just like me on an acoustic guitar trying to like, get everyone to hear like my, I do like being able to demo out like completely my like idea of, of what it sounds like. Um, but I do miss some of that, like organic, just mm-hmm. like jamming songs together. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that really kind of, you know, what, what it starts, it'll become something completely different than what the original idea was. But, um, but can, can gain a lot from that. I know I'm, I'm with you. Like all those, I wish back in the day I spent more time learning like pro tools and learning how, how to properly use EQ and a compressor and stuff or like, you know, right. cause nowadays, you know, like just the other day, for example, I'm working on a demo and all I want to put it in is like a reverse cymbal sound. Like, you know, it's a real, like a, just a like thing, you know, like it's right. in tons of songs. I just want, to show like it doesn't have to be perfect i just want to do that so i'm like it takes me like a half an hour to figure out how to do that you know right um there's things like that that happen all the time and i'm like damn man like bring me back to the days when i had a boss drum machine that i had to program the loops and then put a fill on a different loop and then program that and then you know record demos onto zip discs that was you know i i recorded that my heroin song onto a zip disc and that's what yeah. it was. And the guitars were recorded in this boss. It was like a boss machine that had built-in guitar distortion. It was fucking weird. That's awesome, <laughs> but, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was that was like how I had to do it. 
and it was what it was and we made it work right obviously but but no nowadays it's it's like crazy you can do anything right yeah it's just crazy i never thought we would do demos and then use that production on records but we do now sometimes it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it gets to a point where, and we've done that as well, where it's like we can tr- like recreate a lot of this or just kind of, you know, it sounds great. We can just use it, you know, and um, it is kind of wild. And, and yeah, I, when I, whenever I spend time doing, you know, you mentioned like, you know, doing the, the symbol swell, the reverse symbol swell thing. I hate when I get to those moments because then I like, yeah, I go to YouTube and I'm like, how do you do this? You know, but <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's like, man, like I'm, you know, I, I feel like you only have so much time to, to work on, to work on music. And then and a lot of times I have like issues where pro tools just like, isn't working. And I have to, and I'm like, ah, oh, like I, I want to, you know, I had set aside a couple hours and I'm, and now I'm like spending an hour just kind of going through like YouTube videos of like, what is even, how do I get this working? You know? And I know I, it, it can be really frustrating. I know uh, that that happens to me all the time. It's like, it's like back in the day it was like, okay, I'm just going to hit one record button on like a ghetto blaster guitar vocal do it over and over again till it's right and there's my demo you know right. and hey i mean it's 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 fine this i i you got to embrace the technology and i think that's been a huge part of made parade success and how you guys have stayed relevant um you know just just with an extremely diehard fan base you know um but you've never been a band that's had that like lightning in a bottle radio single you know it's right. always just been this kind of consistency do you feel like that's been more of a blessing than a curse even though maybe it doesn't feel that way when you try to go to radio and it's like eh, marginal success again um but you're still there like 1500 kids a night are still coming out to see you pretty much all over america that's awesome right yeah honestly yeah i mean you know i think that it is kind of well the way i think of it is that like you know, that kind of like radio success kind of stuff is just, is so fleeting and, and you really only maintain that success as long as you are a success, you know, and like once, once the radio, you know, play drops, then the crowd numbers drop as well, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, you've seen, we've seen that happen with, with so many bands, you know, and um, I feel like our, you know, our fan base, our, our core is, you know, people that we've just, we've been touring for, so long and it's like people that we that have come to so many shows and we've talked to after the shows and really kind of built this connection and relationship with and um it's just more substantial than that you know as you mentioned that yeah just like the radio success kind of thing and um yeah we never we kind of have you know we, we did like a radio push way back you know on an album that came out over 10 years ago when we were on atlantic records yeah um and that was the only time we ever kind of thought like you know, but maybe this thing will, will be, you know, blow up a radio and then it's kind of like, ah, it's just, we're not even going to worry about going down that route, you know, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the whole, the major label thing, you know, the, the whole, like it, it right. te- typically doesn't really work for bands <laughs> in our genre. Like either I, you know, like it does once in a while it does. And I guess with you guys, you guys didn't have a terrible experience, right? I mean, you know, obviously it, it uh, you guys didn't aren't on the label anymore, right? You guys are on rise records, BMG, but it's just one of those things like everyone goes down that road. You kind of know what's going to happen. It's like, can right. you just latch on to some moment that's going to make you guys bigger? And I guess in a way it did, you know, I'm seeing you guys have over 2 million Spotify monthly listeners, which is an insanely high number for a band that hasn't put out a full length record in over two years as well. Obviously, you know, new EPs and stuff are doing great, but that's, that's really impressive. I mean, I guess it's hard from the inside looking out really to know why, but any, any idea of kind of what you guys have done differently? I, I really, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to say other than just, you know, kind of just maintaining, um, you know, for, for over 15 years, just, I feel like we've been at it pretty full force. There was never like a, okay, you know, we'll take a year and, and focus on it. This has been like our, you know, our drive for such a long time. And, and I feel like we've, there have been, I think like two tours ever that we've like turned down the opportunity oh, to yeah. do, you know, we, we try and, you know, to stay on the road, to stay busy. Um, I, I make it a point to go out after every single show and, and talk to people. Um, and I feel, you know, like 95% per, or so, you know, the shows that I've played, I, I go out and, and I feel like that's, it's so important to, to, to do that and to, 
um, you know, connect with people and to, to hear their stories. And um, it's also like, you know, it, the, the five of us in the band have been in the band since day one. Right. There's, there's, there's not a, there, there were six of us originally and one guy left after a year, but um, I feel like, you know, and that's because we all love doing this and we all, you know, we grew up together, we grew up playing and bands together and going to shows together. And, and um, we all kind of realize how lucky we are to be able to do that. And, you know, I don't know a lot of this stuff I'm saying could be true for many, many other bands. I, I, I don't know, but you know, if, if there is any, you know, secret to, to us being able to have done it for so long, I think that's at least part of it is that we, you know, genuinely love, doing this and and are you know grateful for the opportunity yeah it's funny I, I remember that you know the old days when we would play a show and we'd load in the van and we'd be lucky if there were 50 people at the show um you know and and i honestly just went to merch after just thanking people for taking the time to see our band and hopefully right. selling a few t-shirts to get us to the next city and I just never stopped doing that. <laughs> right. know, like, like it was 50 and then it was, you know, 250 and then it was 500 and then it was a thousand. And I was like, well, d- when do I have to stop going to the merch table? I'm still going right. to do it, you know? And, and that's funny. And I guess that's the, you're in the same boat. And now it's like, you see the same faces, you go back, people are like, when's da-? they expect you to come out. They want to say hi to you. And right. you just have a different relationship with your fans, which, you know, I think back in the day, it was a little bit frowned upon. It was like, you've got to be this mysterious, like cool band guy and you stay backstage, you know? And like, now it's like, everybody's way more open with social media and everything. Everyone's an open book and you know, people like you and, and me, we were kind of ahead of the time, ahead of the times a little, a little bit with that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny you mentioned, um, I saw you guys play, gosh, this would have been um, maybe 2004 or, or so uh, in, in Tallahassee um, at a place called the Beta. You remember the Beta Bar by any chance? I remember, um, I remember the, sh- I think I remember the show, but yeah, go ahead. Um, and, and I, and yeah, I talked to you I just like, I think I was just like, Hey man, good job. You know, whatever. But just, just talked to you briefly uh, after the show. And uh, so that's just what it made me think of whenever you uh, said, yeah, I, I'm from Tallahassee and yeah. went to the Beta Bar was my, place that I went to played tons of shows at and, and went to so many shows at. Um, and uh, yeah, it was that front porch, that front deck area out there that I talked to you and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do something here real quick. Just a second. I'm going to put, okay, I'm going to try to share my screen and I'm going to uh-huh. find this show. Wow. Let me, let me see if I can do this. Cause we, so <laughs> I can look at all these shows that we played. So go all the way back. What year do you think it was? Because I, I think we played the beta bar maybe twice. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would I would think 2004 or maybe 2005, so somewhere somewhere in that ballpark for sure. I don't even know who else would have been on the show. Beta. <laughs> there we it's go. So cool that you, uh, I, it's cool that you have this. I'd love to be able to see all the Made Prey shows. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah. We, 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 shout out to our bass player, Billy. He's kind of the... the big guy instrumental behind it like we have the shows even numbered on the side here you can see 892 i don't know how small that is on people's computers but um so there you go so yeah we played okay we played beta bar in 2007 okay well i mean probably wasn't that one that was with fermonted ashes here we go uh 2003 with evergreen terrace and dead poetic that i'm pretty sure would be the one that's probably yeah I remember seeing Dead Poetic uh, at the Beta Bar, probably around. Yeah, that that had to be. And Evergreen Terrace is from. I used to see them a lot. They're from Jacksonville. It's a couple yep. couple hours away. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's wild. There, yeah, there it is. That's our that's our one hundred and fifty eighth show we ever played. Man, I love Dead Poetic. That, that record they put out. Um, uh, New, medicines. New medicines. Oh, it's such a good album. And I actually hit up uh, their singer Brandon to, to try to be on the podcast. So I think he's going to come on, which is which is very cool anyway. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so that that's cool that, that we, we met back then. And um, man, we were, we, we, we must have sucked. We were probably terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like shows like, you know, especially in a place like that, like you're in there with people and it's, it's like loud and crazy and everyone's, you know, I feel like you don't, you're, you're more adrenaline than, than anything else, you know, like I feel like even bands that if you like heard a recording of the show, you might go like, Oh, that's, you know, but like when you're there, like at it, you're, I feel like it's such a different thing. Oh, yeah. And, and 
Yeah. Yeah, no, no um, totally. 100%. Um, I, I opened up the floor to some fan questions here. Um, let me see what we got here. I think there was a couple good ones here. Um, this is a, this is a good one here, right here. Can you see that on the screen? I sure can. Uh, yeah. It's uh, will there be any more future live streams for Mayday Parade? I bet there will be. But talk about that. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely do um, some some more of the you know virtual show kind of things. They might be specifically asked. We we were doing uh, kind of like how we're just here talking and hanging. We were doing like the five of us getting together. We used to do it every two weeks. And I actually, we had a conference call recently and I was like, why did we stop doing that? We just kind of, you know, we just kind of stopped doing it. And, and so, um, yeah, we, we definitely, I, I want to get back into to doing those. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll all be together in the studio for the next like month. And so we'll probably do a couple while we're in the studio um, and then hopefully get back to the remote ones as well. It's fun. You know, like we don't honestly like, other than our conference calls, like we don't talk individually a whole lot. So it's nice to like do these group hangs where we kind of catch up and um, see what everyone's been up to and all that. Uh, so yeah, I, I miss doing that and I want to get back to it. Awesome. Here's another question too from Jubella. Uh, any news on vinyl represses, which I, I'm actually interested in knowing about that too, because you guys have been on quite a few labels. I can mm-hmm. understand that might be difficult to navigate with like the rights and, and all that stuff too. Um, but People love vinyl these days. So, uh, any news? Right. Um, it's been so, so, it, but for, for a couple of our albums, our, our second full length, uh, anywhere we here has never been pressed to vinyl ever. And it's been, um, we've tried over so many times. And, uh, that was the one that was on Atlantic. And it's just been yep. way, too much of a struggle to figure out. I, I don't know how much I, th- I'll say, all I can really say is there's a, there is a glimmer of hope. There, there, there wasn't before it was like, this is just never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there, there is a glimmer of hope that perhaps, uh, that album could make it to vinyl at some point. I don't really know, you know, without getting too much into it, um, what, what else to say there, but, uh, that one, it, as well as we want to have the self-titled, uh, our third album, they, that one was pressed. It was like two, I think it was like 250, like hardly, like, you know, minimum, like hardly anything, Wow. Uh, it was pressed one time, 250 copies, and that's it ever. That album turns 10 years old this year. Um, so we're really hoping we can get uh, that one uh, repressed as well. So we'll see how it goes, but it's certainly, you know, if it's up to us and if we can make it happen, we will do our best to make it happen. That's crazy. I, I won't pull up Discogs and look how much that one uh, goes for, but I imagine that record of yours being, you know, such a well-loved record and 250 copies is probably going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which and that, and that kind of sucks to you, right? Like you're, you know, yeah. make it available for your fans, and and they'll be really stoked to have it. Um, here's a, here's a bit of a on this put you on the spot question, but I like it. Pitts Noggle forty four. What is your least favorite album you've put out, and the reason? I think everyone's got mm-hmm. a least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a um, you know a while back. I did like a rank. I ranked our albums oh, yeah. from my my favorite to my least favorite. Yeah. Um, for the for the longest time, my least favorite album was our second album, Anywhere But Here, hmm. um, and I, I I think that has changed, um, and I, I think now I would say it's our our fourth album, Monsters in the Closet, would be my least favorite, um, and you know it's it's kind of difficult to to say exactly why. I just you know I, I feel like we just kind of just kind of missed the mark on that album. You know I feel like we. Um, we, um, you know, I don't want to get too, you know, go too far into all this, but our, our second album anywhere be here was the one on the major label. That was the one where we were kind of thrown through the whole machine of like doing the co-writes and, and, uh, doing the, the, the big budget, you know, going with David Bendith, where it was like this, you know, massive budget. And we kind of lost a lot of control. It was like Atlantic is in charge. Um, and we had to kind of do what they wanted us to do. And we yeah. hated that experience. And, and that's why we kind of had, had some negative, you know, feelings about that album. So we kind of did a 180 from that. And the next album, our self-titled was like back to, we're going to make the album that we want to make. And, and, I, and I love our self-titled album. And then I guess we kind of just tried, I, I feel like after that album, we were um, just kind of too comfortable maybe, or I, I don't know what it was, but we, kind of I feel like we were just trying to make the same record again trying to make the self-titled album again for Monsters in the Closet and right. I feel like it just doesn't we just I don't know man we just kind of missed the the mark there and and I feel like if if there's an album that um 
has the most, you know, kind of filler songs or songs that may, just, just aren't the ones that I'd go to and, and, and listen to. It's it's probably got to be that one. Right. Well, I mean, I could see that happening a little bit too, like, because you, you know, you make this album and, and then you work with the same producer again, right? I don't know if you work right. in the same studio, but like you're kind of put in a position where maybe there isn't a huge amount of um, inspiration, new at least new inspiration. So I right. could I could see that happening, you know. But you've worked with, geez, I mean, I mean, uh, I think John Feldman did your last album, if, that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Mike Sapone, who's mm-hmm. done tons of great records, and uh, and you brought up David Bendith, who right. has done tons of records, but he is very infamous for some, you know, some crazy stories I've heard. You, you got any uh, funny producer stories of any of those those people that you don't mind <clears throat> mind sharing? Um, we can keep it live and then I can cut it out of the podcast if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, yeah, there's tons of things I could say. Um, it's been, it's been, it's crazy, man, how, how different everybody is, you know. Um, and I guess I'll try not to say anything like bad, <laughs> uh, although I do, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, but, but with a lot of these guys, I would have some pretty negative things to say. Um, I'll say that, which, so John Feldman, he didn't do the whole, our entire last record, but we did, I think like four songs with, with him. Um, he's, he's awesome, but he's just like, I don't know if you've ever worked with, with John or heard anybody talk about it, but his, he is the, the most like go, go, go person, you know, producer I've ever met. We, and we were just mind blown. We didn't know this going in. Mm-hmm. We, we only spent a week with John. Uh, but in that week, what we did every single day, uh, we would record one of the songs that we had brought in and demoed out. We would record the entire song, you know, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, harmonies, everything, and write a new song completely from scratch with John and record that new song. And so we'd record two songs a day <laughs> com- completely. And one of them was written that day and recorded. And it was just so nuts. It was like, so like I just, in it was like, honestly, super stressful to try and like keep up with that, with that yeah. pace, you know? Um, and we'd be like, just working on something. And like, yeah, I get in there in the vocal booth and just start, you know, I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm like. We just, you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it really stressful, honestly, but yeah. John is a, is a great, great guy, super, um, incredibly talented, uh, to, to be able to, to move at that pace, you know, um, Mike Sapone, I love, we did, uh, our f- uh, fifth album with him. Mike is like one of the best dudes ever, man. I, I really, if, in fact, that might be my favorite, um, pro- like recording process. Uh, the two months that cool. we spent, it was in the Catskill mountains, um, in New York state. Uh, um, and, uh, just, we, it was this old, um, church that had been converted, a uh, church that was built in the late 1800s that was converted into a studio called dreamland. And, uh, it was just such a cool experience. And Mike is just such a great guy. Um, and so, but we do most of our recording with, uh, Kenneth mountain, Zach Odom, um, yep. in, in Atlanta, that's who we're going back with. And oh, cool. I, I feel like that's just kind of like, we, we kind of keep like, they did our first album, um, and we kind of keep like coming back to them, you know, like we, we go to someone else and, and try it out. And then we, you know, and I feel, you know, I feel like Kenneth and Zach is just like, they're almost like a part of the band at this point, you know? Right. Um, and as much as I do love sometimes kind of branching out and getting like a different point of view or working with Mike's phone and things like that. Um, we, we kind of always feel like, I guess maybe we feel like our best, our best work, um, you know, the best result uh, comes out from from recording with Kenneth and Zach. I yeah, think. it's super cool with producers too when you can have that that sort of thing where you're both growing together. You know, because right. obviously you're learning things and they're learning things from other projects that they've done. You know, and then you kind of come come back together with with everything you've gathered and you make this this art again. And that's that's great. Thanks thanks for all those those stories. Well, dude, thank you for doing this, coming on Twitch. Thanks to everybody in the chat and everyone listening on the podcast as well. Um, next time you are around for the live one, make sure you come on Twitch and we do this thing live with video and it's a lot of fun. Derek, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Um, you know, I just, I'm, I miss seeing everybody. I, I miss getting out there and playing music so much. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, we have no plans of, you know, slowing down or or stopping and, um, hopefully we can get back at it full steam as as soon as possible. And, uh, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Shane, for having me. It's a pleasure, man. Hopefully we'll get to 
see you guys before too long at a, at a festival or, or, or whatever, you know, um, I, I look forward to it, man. Me, me too, man. And, and, and good luck with the new album recording the jams up in Atlanta. That's, that's awesome. And, oh, Dan Lampton just got here. He, nice. just, he just got in here, but he says what's up. So uh, uh, I love Dan Lampton. Well, well he's, Derek, the best. he's the best. Derek, thank you so much. I'll let you go. I'm going to stick around on the channel for a little bit and hang out with the people. But um, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, stay safe out there. Cool. Thank you, Shane. You too. All right, man. Bye. See ya. So there it is with Derek. And I want to thank him so much for jumping on Twitch with me and doing that one live. Do not miss... All the stuff we have coming up on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Such a fun platform. If you're not into video games or anything like that, it doesn't matter. I'm not either. It's just a great platform for music, and it is growing so fast, so don't miss it. I loved that story Derek told about us meeting when, you know, he was a kid at the show. We were just getting started, and it's really, really cool just to see how much Mayday Parade has grown and what a band and man I am so excited for their new stuff as well I want to thank you so much for listening to this Mike Howell and I will be back on Friday with another podcast talking about all the new music this week hit the subscribe button follow us on Twitch do all the stuff thank you so much for all the support I appreciate it so much I will leave you with a tune here's a new one for Mayday Parade it's called Lighten Up Kid on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next time. Go in my head